This podcast is brought to you by the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listener discretion is advised. Legend in my spare time. Hey, this is Brett the Hitman Hart, and you're listening to the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listen good. Welcome to Smart Mars, brought to you by BreakingKFATs.com. We, we had to find a kind of a dirty corner of the internet to, to discuss our CD interests. <laughs> In-depth analysis of the WWE. I'm going to be honest with you, I fast-forwarded. I always do. <laughs> Rumors, fantasy booking, unbiased bitching, and much more. I, I, I'm making no apologies for this one. If you don't like wrestling, go fuck yourself. With your hosts, Matt Lees and the Reverend Brian Fitzpatrick. Yeah, there's a such bitter, twisted fucking know-it-all fuckheads who couldn't do a snap mare if our life depended on I'm glad you decided to show up tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Laronitis! Let me guess. Your new brilliant scheme is to commemorate the re-DVD release of No Holds Barred. You went for Over the Limit and got me Zeus as my next opponent. Huzzah? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Smart Marks for the week of April 30th, 2012. I am the natural heel, the one and only Reverend Matt Lees. He is the Fitzosaurus, Brian Fitzpatrick, and we are live. We're not actually live. I've just, always, I've just always wanted to say that. You can close your eyes and pretend we're live. I always do, man. I always pretend that we're in the same room together. <laughs> and I slowly move my hand up your thigh as the show goes on. You, you, I see. I, I've, I've got to be wary of anything we say that's too arousing now because Sam mentioned that he listened to our show, our last episode, four times. So you have to understand that whatever we say will be four times as arousing as whatever it is. Hmm. I like so, the you know, We have to be careful. That's true. We do. I don't want. I don't. I don't want him accidentally creaming himself. You know. No. In public. Although that would be amazing. I was listening to your podcast today, and I totally creamed myself. When we talk. Hello. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> just the reception is terrible. This is going to be a great episode, folks. Yep. <laughs> are you? Are you on, seriously? Are you on the phone or are you on your computer or what? Uh, uh you're for, the, for Skype. You mean? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, you're on my phone, but give me one second. Hold on a sec. Fret not, listeners. I'm not even hitting end. I'm not going to end the recording. I'm just going to let it keep running. We are going to be here. We are going to review Monday Night Raw, which took place in Chicago this week, I assume, because that's where the pay-per-view was. It's the night after Extreme Rules. Of course, the night before, Lesnar lost to Cena, and um, we're going to get all the ramifications of that on this episode of Monday Night Raw. <coughs> Let's get the Fitzosaurus back in here. That's just going to ring. We are the height of professionalism, ladies and gentlemen. 
Hello? Yes, there he is. I was just telling the listeners that I'm going to leave all this in. Oh, excellent. It's kind of like Gonzo podcasting. Yeah, yeah, or the Snidecast. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about food and make everyone hungry because that's just unfair. That's true. Yeah, you the you sound like okay. shit, by the way. Snidecast, you're coming at me. You gone again? <laughs> I think I'm gone again. Uh, really? I don't know. Are you, hello? Do I sound like shit from the microphone, or is it the reception? It's the reception, for sure. Shit. Um, well. Because I know I'm getting full signal here. Yeah, well, but it's getting a little better now. Before, I was doing it on 3G, and now I'm doing it over Wi-Fi, so maybe that's a little better. Okay, okay. Oh, you sound good now. Let's get through it, because you sound good now. Do it! Tonight's Raw took place from uh, Chicago, Illinois, and tonight's Raw Super Show took a look back at John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. Is that too fast? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you got to the end of the episode already. Yeah, then that was Monday Night Raw. Good night! Did it, did it. Uh, <laughs> this was the first episode of Raw which had the title featuring Brock Lesnar and evidently the last. Um, the night, the show starts with Laurinaitis coming out to talk to Brock Lesnar and congratulate Brock Lesnar on bringing the pain last night just like he said he would. In, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, immediately my thought was this script for Raw was written before they changed their mind to have Cena win and they're just going to go, they're just going to roll with it. Because Triple H is the only one, one time, to mention that he lost. Oh, uh, and I suppose Johnny Ace would have to prep for these things long, well, well in advance. Yeah, they're not throwing anything at this guy uh, last minute, you know? Yeah, and even then he still fluffs his lines. Yeah. Uh, basically, Laurinaitis and Big Johnny are out there uh, jerking each other off. Uh, Triple H comes out and says, you know what, Johnny? I'm going to do what you're supposed to be out here to do. Basically, he's taking back the list of demands, the changes that Lesnar wanted changed before the changes of the change so that he could change and change everything. But he did say unless those changes were made... <laughs> Um, that he wouldn't fight on Sunday. So That's maybe true. he didn't actually have that fight and that we are all imagined it collectively. Could be. Very well could be, Fitzy. You could be right. Uh, Triple H tells him, no. No, you can't have any of those demands that you bullied him into. And this whole time, Lesnar looks like he's going to cry. He always looks like he's going to cry. That's true. He just had this look on his face just like, what do you mean I can't go to the birthday party? He definitely has a school bully face. Yeah, he does. He has a face that needs to be slapped. A face that screams, give me your lunch money. Yeah, and I would give it to him as well. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then you give him your lunch money. <laughs> Woo! <-hoo. laughs> Hi-oh! Um, basically, what happens in this segment is Triple H, the fool, turns his back on Lesnar. Lesnar lays him out, and uh, Lesnar puts him in... What's it, What's the lock called that he uses? Kim Wei or something like that, like Kim something. Kim, Kim Jong-il. Kim, Kim Jong That'd be a good name for a submission. It would. Uh, basically, he breaks Triple H's arm. Well, yeah, pantomime breaks it. Yeah, is and... It, is, it just, is it just me or they were lying in general in WWE products these days? They're really relying on the stupidly turns the back on the bad guy move. Like a lot these days. Yeah, and the main problem with that is, okay, I could see like somebody like a Zack Ryder doing it. Yeah. But this is Triple H. The cerebral assassin. Yeah, he's been in the ring with 
All of them. He just, yeah. hypothetically, he would have seen the match the night before because he's the COO. So he knows this guy's been beating up refs. This guy's been beating up everyone. And now, all of a sudden, he turns his back on Brock Lesnar. It's yeah, it's it's retarded. It's 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 like it's up there with the uh, distracted ref maneuver. It needs to stop. Yeah, exactly. And as somebody who has been that distracted ref, not an easy thing to pull off. I've had a wrestler tell me when I'm in the black and white stripes, turn around, I'm gonna cheat. And then I try to turn around and not see it and I'm like, When do I look back? I'm scared. <laughs> Nice. But anyway, yeah, Triple H got his arm broken, and it was a clean break, apparently. Um, then they waited uh, forever before some of the baby faces came out to save him. Um, and then you hear Big Show. Did you hear these clips of Big Show? And uh, No. What, what, uh, he said clips? something like, holy shit. And then when they were taking Triple H out of the ring, he says, damn, you got some big balls on you. <laughs> well, I heard it. I think I heard him say something like, "What were you thinking?" or something. Yeah, and then as they're walking out of the ring, he says, "Damn, you got some big balls on you." He must have copped a fi- feel when he was lying on the the ring. Yeah, probably. Well, he probably had to feel those balls to get into the WWE. They're the big show. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's the big show. Weller comes up again, apparently. <laughs> oh, Jesus. by the way, it's called the Kumara Lock. Um, Kum- uh, Kumar, uh, that's not how you pronounce it, though, is it? Kimura, 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 Luck, yeah. Sam, I, yeah, yeah, I think Kim Jong Il is fine. Yeah, well, let's just go with that. Um, <laughs> that's what we'll call it from now on. Nice. Basically, that's it. They helped them out. They helped triple their baby faces, uh, including Sheamus uh, and uh, R Truth, uh, Kofi Kingston, a big show, obviously. Helped them out of the ring. Lesnar- the Survivor Series main events joined top heel, um, K Quick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, walks out. Um, basically, they then tell us that Lesnar's being escorted out of the building. Eve Torres comes out and uh, attempts to announce a beat the clock challenge, but she was terrible. She she's very bad at those, um, you know, announcements to the crowd. She seems more natural in the behind the scenes segments, at least. Yeah, which although she's still although she's still quite days of our lives with the acting, but at least she doesn't fumble quite so bad. No, and that's what I don't get about WWE. They have so many th- theoretically talented people around, yet they still force people into doing things they're not good at, like having Eve make an announcement. Do you know, do you notice though that Eve's intelligent now? Oh yeah. wait, no, she just wears glasses. Sorry, that's, yeah, that's she, it. She's got spunk glasses on now. <laughs> she still looks like a horse. But I would still like to fuck her from the neck down. See, I don't think I would, because I think you'd catch something. You probably would, but, you know, going to the head, going to die in 24. Oh, yeah, then I would, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, she announces the Beat the Clock Challenge. I don't know about you. A horror, of core, of core, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Beat the Clock Challenge. Hate it. Um, I wouldn't have seen too many of them, so I I, I haven't been able to hate it. No, they, it seems like such a convoluted. Again, it, it, it it's something that goes against the scripted nature of it. I mean, when you when it's one of the things that it's most difficult to um give a shit about. Suspect what it's one of the things that's most difficult to suspend a disbelief on, because you know that like how many of the matches went to like the last second or something, and it's just it's so pointlessly uh, overdone. Yeah, and one of them even got messed up on Raw as well. And I mean overdone in the uh, cooking meat sense, not the repetitively performed. Yeah, yeah, it's too much of a gimmick. 
Yes, that's oh. the one. So basically, yeah, the Beat the Clock Challenge, for those of you who don't know, there will be a series of matches on this night, and the superstar who wins his match in the shortest amount of time will earn a WWE title match against CM Punk at Over the Limit. Why not just have a bunch of matches and say the winner with the prettiest trunks gets a title shot? <laughs> the winner whose testes move the least. Yeah, exactly. And it's such bullshit, the, the the matches that they actually picked. I mean, they're so loaded, like, so unfair. Even if you're meant to believe that this is a real event, <laughs> like, uh, okay, I mean, The Miz, fair enough, he's mid-card now against a champion, basically. He's US champion, and he's winning a lot. That's fine. Um, Randy Orton was against who? You're going to have to remind me. Um, Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. That's a fairly, you know, Jack Swagger is at least um, to, made to look like a semi, you know, competent performer. And then Greg Kali, meant to be a giant cane, scary giant, fine. And then Daniel Bryan versus an announcer. Yeah, and Chris Jericho gets Big Show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot that one. So, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. If this had any any uh, realism to it, the superstars who got screwed in this deal would be like, really? He gets to fight that guy, and I got to fight Big Show? Really? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the first match for the Beat the Clock Challenge is The Miz taking on Santino Morella, the man who beat him the night before for the U.S. title, well, re to retain the U.S. title. Um, the Miz, former WWE champion, former headliner, um, defeats... Santino Morella in 4 minutes and 18 seconds. Remember that time, folks, because remember, it is the Beat the Clock Challenge. So, he's he's your leader right now because he got to go first, basically. Exactly. Um, back from the break, we get stills from showing us the Divas match the night before, where Layla made her return to win the Divas title. Tonight, she's going to defend against Nikki Bella and Brie Bella. That sounds fair. Mm, Nikki. Oh, dude, they're so hot. Nikki's hotter, though. She's the she is the slightly thicker of the two. That's right. Yeah, it's it's funny how you notice that one of them's slightly skinnier. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's um, all it's on the trunk. Yeah. Remind me when we get to the end of this episode, and we'll read and share Sam's thoughts from the pay per view. <laughs> uh -huh. And then we will announce the the newest. Um, tag team to take the WWE by storm. That's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, okay. So. <clears throat> um, yeah, the, the match starts. Uh, the Bellas are arguing with each other. Layla just gives a quick dropkick to the back. Pins her. It's over. Layla is still your Divas champion, just in case you were holding your breath. She still has too much face. Yeah, you're right. Once you said what that was and I kind of looked at it, you guys are right. She's still kind of hot. <laughs> once I put a medical term to it. Yeah, once you said the words, I believed you. Um, <laughs> next match in the Beat the Clock Challenge, Y2J, Chris Jericho taking on the Big Slow. And uh, let's see what happens. Oh, this is the one where the referee make messes it up. Basically, the referee... Um, oh, at, yes, this is... Yeah, both guys are outside of the ring. And as the clock is counting down, because now, uh, after the Miz match, for all these matches now, they give you a clock counting down from 4 minutes and 18 seconds. 
Therefore, the superstar knows I've only got a minute to beat this guy. And anyway, if no one has been pinned by that time. The match is essentially just over. Yeah, it's a no contest, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so both guys are outside of the ring. Um, Jericho seems to get in with one second left. At least that's what you hear the ref tell the announcer. He's in with Even one second to spare. Even though in the same shot as the ref making the call, you have the Titantron with the fucking clock. And you clearly see the Titantron get to zero before the ref makes the call. Um, thus, it, like, it, it's like a... It, it, it's like a, just a really bad ref decision in football. You know, like uh, Carroll, uh, the United goal that was... The, the Spurs goal that wasn't against Man United because Carroll saved it, but it was way behind the line. Right. That kind of thing. And yeah, and for a good... You know, for if you'd been watching it on TV, as 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 we both were, of course, of course, um, you would have had an entire ad break where you're assuming that Jericho is now the uh, number one contender again. Yeah, because the ref and even Lawler and Mike Cole, I think, helped to confirm that that was the decision that they were going with. I think over the ad break, they realised that it looked too ridiculous. Yeah, I'm actually watching it right now. Titan Trunk Clock is at 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Jericho's still not in the ring. 4, 3, 2, 1. Jericho's in the ring. Clock goes out. So, honestly, according to this, he's right. Um, Jericho was in the ring um, by the time the ref got to 10. So, theoretically, Jericho should be number one contender. Or he should at least be tied with Miz. Yeah, no, I, what was the problem not that the 10 count to disqualify Big Show ended a second after the time ran out on the beat the clock challenge? Yeah, I think you could be right. Hang on, let me rewind it because this is live yeah. TV here. I'm going to watch Five. it right as it happens. Six, five. Here, hold on. Uh, it was almost, did you, I don't know if you caught that little bit of sound in the background. It was almost at the exact same time. Uh, okay. The referee saying 10 gets cut off by the buzzer. Okay. So according to this, at first they tell you uh, Jericho is number one contender. As soon as they come back from the break, they correct that and say, absolutely not. Miz has the time to beat. Which, I mean, it didn't make a difference in the end, really. No, it didn't at all. So it's just another one of those things where they don't want to keep booking themselves into a corner, I guess. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Next match of the night. Brodus Clay taking on JTG. Where the fuck has JTG been? The last time I saw him was fighting against the Funkasaurus as well. Oh, was it? I didn't see and that. He got, and he got his ass. It was one of the first two or three of of the Funkasaurus's, you know, very early squash matches where it was literally one belly flop and then uh, uh, then he wouldn't like what was the move that he did to oh yeah it'd be the you know he'd, he'd bounce against one rope and then another rope 90 degrees away and then kind of just body slam him yeah like splash onto him and yeah. then he would jump on top of him when he was in the mat it was one of those terrible matches that lasted about 18 seconds no <laughs> 18 seconds um, so yeah Brodus Clay uh, against JTG JTG does the gimmick where he's standing outside the ring watching Brodus's dance and he's not impressed um, the match is only a few moments and Clay does finish with the running the ropes and hitting the big splash for the win Brodus Clay wins uh, after the match Brodus Clay be brings a bunch of kids into the ring and he dances with them as you do yeah uh, 
Then we get a flashback for Cena and Lesnar Extreme Rules. Another flashback for Lesnar and Tri Lesnar and Triple H. Uh, let me go. Then we go backstage. Eve is backstage with Teddy Long and Johnny Lor Johnny Laurinaitis. The essential reason for this is because Laurinaitis basically says, "I'm not giving John Cena any time off. In fact, tonight I'm going to announce his next opponent." Uh, when he said that, Fitzy, did you have any thoughts as to who they would announce as the opponent? Um, I probably fell into the trap because I just assumed it would be exactly who they tried to make you think it would be. Yeah, I don't want to give away. Am I allowed to break kayfabe? <laughs> yeah, you can break kayfabe. Go for it. I, I thought it would be t uh, Albert. like Lord Tensai. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. So, I mean, in, in that respect, we kind of fell into their trap. But I think I think they're really trying to outsmart the smart marks um, uh, these days. Like like with little moments like um, Eve saying you to the to Nikki Bella, you've got a surprise opponent. Or don't worry, it's not karma. It seems like they're almost trying to you know um, give the finger basically to to, to the, the internet crowd because. The whole thing was that Tensai was going to come around. He'd be the enforcer for Johnny Ace, and he'd be John Cena's next opponent. And you know, with the way it played out in Raw this week, it seems like they intentionally led us to believe that, only to pull the rug out. Yeah, it's it's true. I kind of sometimes I kind of I I don't want to say I miss it, but I would like to be able to have a a few weeks of wrestling without having access to the internet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with, was, without having things spoiled? Um, because in a way, it's we're kind of like those housewives that read gossip magazines to find out what's going to happen in Carnation Street before it happens. And I always wonder, I'm always thinking, like, why do they read these things? Why do they want to know the plot before it happens? And then I realized I do the exact same fucking thing with wrestling, even though it's not quite the same because the, I think the uh, the soaps more openly like to tell the magazines what the plots are in order to get people watching. But it's like that really because we're just we're hearing from like various levels of insiders uh, speculating on what they've heard will happen, whether or not it's finalized is a different story. But we are basically those nattering old dears. Wanting to know who's getting, who's going to marry who on Christmas Day, <laughs> and that's us. That is us, nattering old horse. <laughs> <laughs> I said deers. I know. <laughs> I changed it to horse because it's cooler. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, your next match is another beat the clock challenge. Randy Orton taking on Jack Swagger. Long and the short of it is the boring Randy Orton wins in four minutes and sixteen seconds. So now, if you're following along at home, Randy Orton's now in the lead. I skipped the entire thing. Didn't care. Oh, I skipped it too. Don't worry. I just don't care about Randy fucking Orton. No. Who, who did you say he fought there? Uh, Jack, Jack Thwagger. Jack Swagger. Jack Thwagger. And he beat him in four minutes, 16 seconds. I honestly don't even know how. I didn't even watch the pin. <laughs> uh, RKO. That was it, basically. RKO. Um, then it's announced John Cena has been summoned to the ring to find out his over-the-limit opponent. And uh, coming up next, the WWE Tag Team Championship is on the line, Fitzy. Can you please tell me who the WWE Tag Team Champions are? The Sin Cara Cousins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Epico and Primo. <laughs> With what's her nuts Shit, that, that would have been a great name. <laughs> <laughs> The Sin Cara Cousins? Yeah. 
Oh, just like a total slap in the face. <laughs> Coming down the aisle, they're not Sin Cara. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Uh, yeah, they're defending against, well, you know what? They need to have a tag title match tonight. So they're like, well, do we have a couple of black guys around in the back? <laughs> we got two brown dudes. Yeah, our the black dudes to fight them. Your new tag team is R Truth and Kofi Kingston, ladies and gentlemen. And guess what? They are now the new WWE tag team champions. Uh, Jimmy Boom. <laughs> Jimmy Boom. Little Jimmy Boom. Little Boom. Little Boom. <laughs> Lil Boom Lil Boom Oh I love it I, I do like that R-Truth has stepped up his interplay with Lil Jimmy Yes I do But I, but I do not like how they have buried Possibly the funniest man in the WWE You mean R-Truth? Yeah, I think he should. Be, I think he should get, you know, two minutes of mic work, or at least a backstage segment every week. Yeah, bur- considering bur- the amount of shit they do put on TV. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's like I still go back to even stupid shit, like him dressing up as Sherlock Holmes, is more entertaining than l- l- uh, looking at the 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 Bella Twins talk to fucking uh, Beth Phoenix about bullshit. Yeah. So, folks, uh, Kofi Kingston and R-Truth are your new tag team champions. Backstage, we see Primo Epico uh, arguing with each other, and uh, Abraham Washington comes up. Apparently, he's going to want to manage them. I was thinking, you know those machines where you go, um, they're in a lot of American tourist spots where you uh, can get your penny flattened? Yes. I think in the WWE shop... Uh, or the headquarters in Ma- is it Massachusetts? It's in Stanford, Connecticut. Stanford, Connecticut. Okay, sorry. I think if you put the four quarters and a penny into their machine, it comes out as a tag team belt. Oh, dude, uh, that's funny. Skype uh, kind of messed on that a little bit. So say it again, because I got okay. it, but I don't think they did. <laughs> okay, I said <laughs> if, <laughs> if you put your four quarters and a penny into that machine, it would come out as the tag team belt. <laughs> you're very right. You're not wrong at all. Um, huh? You're you're absolutely correct. <laughs> has, has Skype let us down? Skype's letting us down, but I'm going to keep going and hope Skype catches up to me. Okay, cool. Um, next Beat the Clock Challenge match is the Great Khali taking on Kane. I think we need to get rid of the Great out of his name. Yeah. The Khali um, versus Kane. <laughs> Unless it's like great meaning larger immense, we use it in the pejorative sense. <laughs> Um, what the hell happened here? Did they fight to a no contest or something? I fast forwarded. Yeah, they, they, it was no contest. I'll and be honest. As soon as I saw Kane versus Great Kali, as soon as I saw Great Kali, I picked up the remote and that was it. Yeah, pretty much. It's the only Christian thing to do. Yes. <laughs> um, Randy Orton is watching backstage as they go to this no contest and he's happy because he is still the number one contender. <laughs> Next up. Daniel Bryan, former world heavyweight champion, has his beat the clock challenge match. And uh, you would think that as a former champion and as a huge guy who's over with the fans, somebody they want to make a super villain, they're going to give him a really formidable opponent to beat, right? Yep. No, no, they're not. As much respect as I have for this guy, the reality in this storyline, again, is just completely gone. And I know it's hard to talk reality with WWE storylines, but give me a break. The man who Daniel Bryan is going to face for his chance to be number one contender 
is Jerry the King Lawler. Michael Cole's opponent at WrestleMania 2011. I can't remember the fucking number. 27? <laughs> that was it. Terrible. Terrible. I mean, I, lo I have a lot of respect for Jerry Lawler. He is old school. But why in the hell would he even be considered for a WWE title match when Brodus Clay has been squashing everybody and he wrestled in a match that didn't matter against JTG? And fucking anyone was backstage. They could have had Daniel Bryan, like, I don't know. I was going to say Kofi Kingston, but obviously not. I mean, I'm, there, I'm sure there is someone that they could have pulled out to to fight against him, for God's sake. Yeah, and as you said, it could have been Brodus Clay yeah. and keep JTG on fucking non-velocity. And for the record, quickest win on Raw this week was Brodus Clay. Yeah. So <laughs> he would have gone right into the number one contender spot. Just putting that out there. So well, if that had happened, that would have, that would have mean meant JTG was in the running to become the WWE champion. Oh yeah, we just can't have that. No, <laughs> there's ne there's never been a black uh, WWE champion. Are you serious? Uh, there's been uh, there's been a black uh, WCW champion, uh, therefore the world heavyweight title. But I'm almost Ron positive Simmons. Ron Simmons. Yeah, he was WCW champion. Booker T. Uh, he was WCW, yep. Well, isn't The Rock half black? I guess, but I don't know if he counts. Well, his dad is black and his mother is Filipino. Sam. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, they say they call Tiger Woods the first black golf champion, and he's half cast as well. Yeah, possibly. All right. If you're going to consider The Rock black, then that's fine. <laughs> take away, take away my statistic that probably had people Googling and just ruin it. <laughs> I didn't need Google, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you are my Google. And so Booker T never got the WWE Championship. No, no, he had WCW. He had, he may have had World Heavyweight, but I don't think he ever had WWE Champion. Okay, Sam. And we're, pos and we're positive that Brock Lesnar isn't just an albino black guy. No, we're not positive of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but if he was albino, then it doesn't count as black, right? Well, no, you can. You can <laughs> you can be African American and albino. I don't think you can, Fitzy. I don't think I don't believe dude, that. Dude, there was a dude on Big Brother about five years ago who was like from Harlem, and he was like a, a black child of black parents, but he was like paler than me, and he had like Eminem or even whiter hair because he was an albino black guy. Are you sure that the wife didn't just lie to the husband about fucking <laughs> the teacher? Well, the the kid had an afro, like. But it was just really white afro, and mm. I, it was it was quite crazy. This is getting incredibly racist. <laughs> it's not racist. Oh, it's not. Can I tell you a racist joke on a side note? Uh, on, on be it on your head. <laughs> okay, don't worry, folks. He said that. It's on my head. So there's a mix-up at the hospital, and three three couples have recently had babies, and the hospital has mixed up said babies. Yeah. Yep. So they call the parents in to say, look, we've had this terrible fuck up. You guys are going to have to identify your own babies. And uh, there's a Scottish family, an English family, and a Pakistani family. And uh, the Scot would you like me to make the Scottish guy Irish? It'll be better for you. Sure, why not? All right, so the Irish guy gets to go first. And he goes into the room with the three babies. So obviously there's two white babies and a Pakistani baby. And he picks up the Pakistani baby and he goes, yep, that's mine. And the nurse says, um, with all due respect, sir, that baby's Pakistani. And he says, yeah, but one of those cunts is English and I'm not willing to take that chance. 
<laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm getting the slow clap, aren't I? Yep. You know what? Made, a- made only better by, do you know who told me that joke? Who? A Pakistani taxi driver. I love it. <laughs> I'm so gonna I'm so gonna use that from now on. Out of boy, please do. Um, well, this is no place for racism. We got Jerry the King Lawler versus Daniel Bryan to try and become number one contender. This is serious business. It is. It's it's a a weighty, um, legitimate wrestling match. Absolutely. Where the, where, where the result is in question, and and either could win. That's right. Because I foresee a possible scenario uh, where, you know, Jerry the King Lawler is facing CM Punk for the title and over the limit. (laughs) Can you imagine? That'd be amazing. He did have a title match at a pay-per-view within the last two years, I think. Can you imagine that? Really? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm sure he won like a... Sam, he won like a battle royal or something to earn himself a title shot, and he had a. I even want to say it was like a ladder match or something. And it was the WWE title. Yeah, it was a ladder. Ma- it was something for the WWE title, Sam. Um, I can picture the match in my head. I just can't put all the details together. But yeah, he's been there. But even then, it was one of those like it's always been my dream to fight for the WWE championship. Blah 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 kind of matches. I just think it would have been hilarious to, you know, it comes out like it's all respectable clapping and then his music ends and you just hear the, yeah. it would be almost so ridiculous so that it kind of borderlined on genius. Yeah, exactly. To have Jerry the King Lawler versus CM Punk at over the limit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of genius, uh, uh, Lawler does his amazing flying punch where he pulls his nipple out. I know, yeah. I love that move. I love that move. I don't care who it's against. I love that move. It's extra nipple. It, it is. And every time he gets on the turnbuckle, I'm like, take your nipple out, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. There it is. I call it the breast feeder. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fist hurts more when both nipples are out. It does, of course. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's it's the aerodynam- aerodynamics of it. Yeah. In a world where Jerry Lawler is up to be number one contender, that makes perfect sense. You see, he he, he, lifts, it up, he lifts it down, thus air gets to it, ergo the nipple becomes hard, so when he lands on the, the opponent, you have like hard, sharp nipple to the chest. Delicious. If only there was episode titles. <laughs> hard, sharp nipple to the chest? Yeah, to the yes lock. <laughs> Which was never in doubt. No, and I just want to point out, I watched a video on YouTube, the WWE backstage clip of Jerry Lawler, talking okay. uh, talking as if he legitimately considered himself a contender. Oh, it just would have been a dream to fight for the WWE title again. And, you know, that, that yes lock, it's not just a clever name. You will scream yes. <laughs> oh, it's good that he can stay kayfabe. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, so the only good thing to come out of Raw, in my opinion, so far is uh, Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk for the WWE title at Over the Limit. That can be, which a- ad- admittedly is a very big plus. Oh, it's huge! I it mean, made uh, up for a shitty episode. Yeah, as long as they don't book it to hell, which they're doing a lot of lately, this can be a classic title match. I just want the two guys next week to look at each other and say, "It's me and you, bitch." That's all I want. I don't want them to do stupid side gimmicks. I just want these guys to have a great match. 
you don't want AJ to get involved. No. You don't want you don't want her to go psycho and start kissing CM Punk. No. No. Yeah. I literally want Punk to say, "We've done this literally hundreds of times through ROH everywhere else. Let's just do wanna, it one more time." I want him to bring in bring back the I hope your parents die. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that video? I, I feel like I have. <clears throat> it's some fucking. I don't even know if it's Ring of Honor. I am. Um, it looks fairly low rent anyway. It's like, it's in some fucking local gym, and uh, he's about to fight Daniel Bryan, and he's got like blonde hair and like knee length red shorts. At this stage, punk, and someone says some shit to him in the crowd, and he just turns to the guy in the crowd and says, "I hope your parents die." <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. I love it. It's brilliant. I've I've sent that video to people who who are giving me shit on Facebook before. <laughs> just we just watch this and <laughs> that'll do. I can remember a friend of mine, Impact Eddie Osborne, uh, independent wrestler, once moving. Uh, he was a heel at the time, and uh, there was a guy in a wheelchair who was at ringside screaming at Eddie, and uh, Eddie decided to move the wheelchair up against the ring apron for the rest of the match, <laughs> and the guy in the wheelchair was not happy that he got moved. <laughs> And to me, I'm just like, you're such a fucking heel. That's classic. <laughs> that's fun. That's brilliant. Uh, only made slightly uh, better by the one time when he was being chased through the through the crowd by a babyface, decided to pick a man's child up and throw him at the babyface. Oh, fuck. We're talking like a five, six-year-old kid. But as soon as Eddie's arms got on this kid, it turned into... <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, classic. Nice. Classic wrestling. Um, I'm actually going to have to find this for you now. Yeah, do yeah, and send it I, over. I, have a listen to this. I hope it comes out okay. okay. Probably should. Ladies. Can you hear that? No. Hang on. Okay, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> yep. Classic. Classic stuff, Freddy. Classic stuff. Speaking of that, Punk's music hits. He comes out, basically just applauds Brian, and they kind of stare each other down. Um, like I said, I just hope they don't fuck this match up. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it, the, the, all they have to do to make this great is just stay the fuck out of it and just let it happen. Yeah. Recent history does not tell us that's going to happen, though. That's true. But, um... Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, I mean, even when in when you know when two supposed great performances performers come together, it can be lame. But if you do remember, about a month ago, maybe a little bit more than a month ago, um, Punk and Brian had am I right three matches in a row? Yes. And the first one specifically, I think, was amazing. Yeah. So, if we got that again. That'd be brilliant. Like, but but with a pay per view crowd, and a bit more hype. Yeah, I mean, they should have done this match in Chicago. Yes, they should have. If they would have done that at Extreme Rules, that crowd would have been buck wild. But Daniel Bryan would look stupid in jeans and red uh, leg. Whatever. What do what you call those things? The leg warmers. Like, yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, finally on Raw, Cena is going to come out to find out who his opponent is for Over the Limit. Again, Fitzy and I are both thinking it's Lord Tensai or Lord Albert. Um, they show us again another replay of Lesnar breaking uh, Triple H's arm. Which did we not, did we not uh, settle on Tensei Train? Tensei Train, yes we did, I apologize. <laughs> 
Um, let's see here. We go to the ring. Uh, he comes out. His his arm is in uh, a sling, obviously, because, you know, Lesnar ripped it out of the hinges last night. Of course. Uh, Cena says he's here. All the muscles in his arm are strained, but he's here. He's interrupted by John Laurinaitis coming to the ring. They talk, and Laurinaitis says he brought out the best in John Cena, and that's why he did it. And he says that Cena should be thanking him. Um, Laurinaitis goes on to start to introduce Cena's opponent for Over the Limit Gets cut off by Lord uh, Tensai Train's music Was that intentional or is that just someone pressed the button too quick? It looked like a fuck up Because he cut him off, like right off Yeah um, I don't know, it would have sounded oh, better Mojikai! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, next episode we're just going to talk like that for the whole show so, and throw salt on our computers. That's right. Uh, one hour of... And then the slight, fizzy, misty sound of salt hitting microphone. <laughs> yes. Um, so basically, uh, Tensai and everybody in the ring is just kind of, you know, looking at each other. Um, they corner him in the ring. Laurinaitis hits Cena in the back of the head with the microphone. Which, by the way, should get him fired from being the GM because the very reason that Triple H was fired from being the GM was because he couldn't keep himself out of it and he got physical with a member of talent, which is unacceptable for a GM. Oh, I mean, they're not exactly consistent with their rules. I mean, they're saying you can't uh, drink alcohol 12 hours before or after, or was it before an event and like Stone Cold would bring beer to the fucking. Yeah. And also with the stopping the match because John Cena's head bled. Yeah. And yet when when Brock Lesnar got busted open, they didn't stop that match then for the doctor to come in to do it to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, continuity not, with rules is not in the WWE's book. Consistency is not a word in the McMahon vocabulary. No. But you know what is? God damn it. And ass and fired. Yeah, you're fired. Poison. Poison. Um, so basically, Laurinaitis hits scene in the back of the head with a microphone and then says, Your opponent over the limit is me. That's right. We're gonna let we're gonna give you a moment to let that sink in. Over the limit, the main event will be John Cena taking on Johnny Ace. Johnny, John Laurinaitis. The scary thing is, he was actually, apart from the fact that he called it the over the limit, your opponent at the over the limit will be me. But he actually looks better wrestling than he does, than he sounds talking. Yeah. Like he, you can tell that he does have the rudimentary uh, skill sets from training as a an in ring performer. Yeah, I mean he wrestled for quite a quite a while in Japan, so he's got the he at least had the you know the required skill set. So at least it's not going to be like you know um, uh, fucking Mean Gene in there. Oh God. Or Jr. Yeah. Like at least it. At least it's, you know what it's going to be. It's going to be Johnny Ace and then Tensei and fucking Tajiri's cousin, as I've christened him recently. Um, see, I'm racist. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Tensei Train and Tajiri's cousin will basically interfere continuously. Yes. Well, um, I'm sure they have a few weeks, so I'm sure they'll announce uh, a no DQ match of some kind or something. Of course, or uh, you know, an unbiased ref as a special guest ref. 
Yeah, which will be. Can you imagine Tensei Train with those red panties and a ref shirt? Yeah, I can. It's kind of arousing. Kinda? It's a lot arousing, okay? There, I said it. <laughs> um, yeah, funny that should be mentioned because uh, back in 1990, at the WCW pay-per-view Capital Combat, there was a match. It was the w- the last on-screen appearance in WCW for Johnny Ace, who at that event in 1990 took on Mean Mark Calloway. Oh, wow. That's right. Also a WCW pay-per-view, Fitzy, that featured... Are you sure? No, hold on. You mean Mean Mark Callis. What did I say? Callaway? Yeah, I meant Callis. Of course you did. Yeah, I meant Mean Mark Callis. Yeah, so that was in 1990, uh, which was the same pay-per-view, Capital Combat, which featured the return of RoboCop. Oh, yes, I've seen that that footage of RoboCop just walking out in the middle of a fucking... See, that's all kinds of head fuck. Yeah, he's coming out to rescue Sting from the Four Horsemen. Like, like okay, like if you're if you're to take that kayfabe like completely as is, a character that doesn't exist in our timeline yet has come to legitimately as the thing that is RoboCop, not the fictional character. The thing that is RoboCop has come back in time somehow to save a wrestler from another wrestler. Yeah, to save Sting from Ric Flair. <clears throat> Presumably with the weapons that RoboCop would have to hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was 1990. <laughs> uh, and in 2012, it will be John Laurinaitis wrestling against John Cena. So there. That's, look it up, folks. Look it up on YouTube. Capital Combat. WCW. Wicked. It sounds like Sideshow Bob describing a wrestling performance. You know, Capital Knockers. Capital Combat. Yeah, and then we're going to have RoboCop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there you go, folks. That's Monday Night Raw for this week. You've been blessed by having two episodes of Smart Marks this week. Yeah, especially since you heard me get a cold in the first one, and, and now I'm fully into into it. Yeah, so evidently you can catch a cold over Skype, and I apologize for that, Fitzy. No problem, no problem. It was okay. The the the, the over the Skype blowy was worth the any any germs that I got. <laughs> for those of you who missed that because of the skip, he said the over the Skype blowy that I gave him. Yeah, he gives good cyberhead. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> oh. um, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen. Smart Marks is brought to you by BreakingKFabeTees.com because marking out never looked so good. God damn, I love his new uh, Cody Rhodes Triforce T-shirt. I know it's so it gives cool. Gives me a geek boner. And I've only just realized that the Brock Smash shirt—he's holding Cena's skull. Oh fuck, really? Yeah, and I was like, that's so cool. That's so, awesome. So please check out our good friend Sam over at BreakingKFAPTs.com. Just because you should, because his designs are fantastic, and because he's a sweet, handsome devil. Disgustingly handsome. Yeah, motherfucker. And, and he's and he's my new tag team partner. That's true. Yeah, let's read that out, shall we? Yes. Um, just give me one second here. I'm just going to load that. We may lose the connection because my internet does not like me to check Facebook and be on Skype. Just saying. See, I'm going to feel bad now because, um, you know, uh, he'll be the Paul Roma. He'll be the beautiful one, and I'll be fucking Hercules in the back looking like an ape. Yeah, well, if the shoe fits, dude, I'll suck it. 
<laughs> I can go on Facebook if it's troublesome for you. No, I got it now. Don't okay. make fun of my internet. <laughs> With my 20 meg line. <laughs> Cocksucker. Um, <laughs> we're going to share Sam's thoughts. He posted on our thoughts uh, on our wall for uh, thoughts on Extreme Rules, uh, his review. So Sam says, uh, I've listened to this episode maybe four times already, and anytime I hear Fitzy say Nikki, I laugh. You want to give him another one? Nicky! It's pronounced Nick Namath, which sounds even more badass. Like so that's, Joe Namath? I suppose so. Yeah, that's him correcting me once. Dick. Uh, he goes on to say, yes, Vince has a thing about owning your name as the rights to any and all footage and merchandise are retained by the WWE, hence naming Nick Namath, Namath Nicky! Dolph Ziggler, and even Daniel uh, Brian Danielson being Daniel Bryan. The only remaining superstars on the roster to re- retain the rights to their name are mostly by, and mostly by proxy, is John Cena, Randy Orton, CM Punk, and to a lesser extent, announcers and referees. Sadly, he says, because we talked about how he gets to the episode before I even announce that it's posted, uh, he says he doesn't have Smart Mark's bookmarked as a feed, which can only mean I spend way too much time refreshing the Spare Time Legends podcast network. Good for you, dude. Um, Did you say? Uh, he, he gave us a plug in there for a second. Oh, okay. Um, as for CM's sister, yeah, she's kind of hot in that bar slut way, but I like <laughs> my girls a bit trashy. You know, like they've been rolling around in the dirt a bit. Too dirty to clean my act up. (laughs) About the Bellas, he says, I hate to say it publicly, but just them coming out to the ring and the way Nikki in particular stirs her ass at the top of the ramp makes me want to come all over their ass and legs. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Oh, he's good people. He really is. He also says that he liked thicker Layla before she left. She definitely has too much face now and not enough meat. Um, I don't care what anyone says. You watch that Cena-Lesnar match again with Brock literally decimating Cena and getting cheered for it and tell me Lesnar shouldn't have won. No matter what they have lined up now, especially with the Glory Hog H, the story they let go... Sorry. The story they lost letting John go over would have been priceless. I mean, I I don't think any of us disagree that uh, Lesnar should have won. I just think my anger was lessened by... The damage control that they, the damage limitations that they put on it. Yeah. Uh, then he goes on to correct me again by saying, um, uh, b- regarding the Funkettes, uh, it was Cameron that took part in Tough Enough. She told Stone Cold her favorite match was Melina versus Rihanna, not Gail Kim versus Rihanna. Ironically, or maybe not, the other black girl on Tough Enough, Christina, who now works as the ring announcer for Florida Championship Wrestling, is Alicia Fox's legitimate sister. Which, by the way, they never brought up on uh, Tough Enough that it was his sister, or her sister. Um, He says he agrees with me on this one, Fitzy, so fuck you. (laughs) Just hearing Brodus' music hit without the intro by the only black girls I'd fuck would induce a way bigger pop. Well, to that I would counter... um I have heard it said that people, certain people I've talked to, don't like Y2J's music now without the countdown. Oh, I like the countdown a lot. Well, yeah, the countdown's not there anymore, and no. therefore it doesn't have the same impact. Right. So I put it to you that the ladies introducing Brodus Clay is his countdown. Yeah, but I don't like it. Well, your face, so... <laughs> well said. Well said. 
Uh, he says, uh, I don't know if anyone else is noticing, but WWE's suddenly doing this thing where they try not making certain guys look weak as most big wins lately have been via a fuck finish. Big Show lost to Cody only by putting himself through a table. Sheamus lost a fall versus Brian only by passing out to avoid being pinned. And then Cena couldn't just go on hiatus without pinning Brock clean after getting destroyed for 20 minutes. Yeah, legitimacy. Uh, and then he finishes with a fuck you to both of us, pretty much. And he says, as for WWE doing when... As WWE has been doing when the internet reports that they'll go left, I will also go right and not produce the Huzzah World Championship. Ha! He says. You're dead to me, Fines. <laughs> yeah, he didn't mean that, Sam. We're sorry. <laughs> and then, of course, that begets the greatest tag team in uh, history because you took a special liking to the way, uh, the, you know, his comment about coming on their ass and legs. Uh, you declared yourselves brothers in perversion, which I said, best tag team ever. <laughs> and we're totally gonna have to. to, to I, I just know, and again, he's probably not gonna do it now because I said it. But I foresee some fucked up uh, demolition, Legion of Doom, Gimp mask, uh, mix up Photoshop picture because he he alluded to it in a private message. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, brothers in perversion will be um, the hashtag the Eddie Phoenix and uh, Magic Fitzpatrick. <laughs> No! <laughs> no! Magic Fitzpatrick. What the fuck was I thinking? Who knows, dude? I named myself Lightning Kid. That's all right. I know. All right. So <laughs> that's Raw for this week, ladies and gentlemen. It was a uh, it was a mediocre outing for Raw, and uh, therefore a mediocre outing. A mediocre outing. Wow. A mediocre outing for us. Yes, exactly. Um, but that's all right. If you want to email me, it's legendinmypodcast at gmail .com. Follow me on Twitter at legendpodcast. And um, any closing thoughts, Mister Fitzpatrick, before we let you go back to bed to nurse your cold? Um, I hope next week is better. But I'm kind of, I have to say, in a weird way, I'm looking forward to two matches from over the top now already. Over the limit. Uh, so what, over the top, yeah. I'm looking forward to two matches in that Sly Stallone movie about, about uh, arm wrestling already. Nice. Um, but yeah, Punk Brian is going to be fucking awesome if they do it right. And in a weird kind of old school, good guys getting gypped by impossible odds um, kind of way to Cena, Laurinaitis match should be pretty good too. Yeah, because we're going to see another appearance of Super Cena. They're really, they're really, uh, they're not. They don't seem to be slowing down with the whole um, making Cena his his own. What's the phrase? His own um, brand separate from the wrestling itself. Like he doesn't need a belt anymore. No, which which I'm okay with, I guess. So am I, because I kind of want him to fuck off, and I don't want him to take the belt off Punk, just because some 12-year-old kid with fucking sweatbands on his wrists wants it to happen. Yeah, you hear us, kid? We're not doing this for you. Go fuck yourself, kid. Yeah. If we're going to have to deal with fucking Super Cena doing his thing, at least we can have a legitimate wrestler with the strap. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you're right. Cena doesn't need it, so let Cena do his own thing. He could be the other storyline and let the title be its own thing. Yep. Uh, it just doesn't always mean that Cena has to go on last, though, is my other thing. I, yeah. I, I think it'll be a huge mistake to not have Daniel Bryan, CM Punk go last at Over the Limit, but they're not going to do it, are they? Yeah, that'll be a weird one to have fucking Johnny Ace and John Cena as the main event at Over the Limit, wouldn't it? Yeah, especially with CM Punk, Daniel Bryan on the card. Yeah, that, that just... 
that doesn't seem right to me. No, but uh, mark mark my words right now. I bet you that's what they'll do. Punk will Jeez. go last. Pu- I mean, Punk won't go last. So, yeah, I mean, I want him weird. to. I really think he should, but I, I don't think there's any stretch in which John Cena, John Laurinaitis goes before Punk, Daniel Bryan. Let's hope. But, you know, as I said, hope in one hand, shit in the other. Let's see which fills up with Cena first. Yeah, exactly. All right, folks, this has been another edition of Smart Marks brought to you by BreakingKFabeTees.com. It's been our pleasure to sit here and talk wrestling. And um, like like Fitzy said, we'll try to do better next week. And, Purple uh, monkey dishwasher. Yeah, and Vince, why don't you do the same? Please try to do better next week. <laughs> Start off by going back to your old hair. Yes, yes. And, um, yeah, there you go. It's funny. I always try to loop around and say something funny to end the podcast, but I'm learning to just end them. So uh, <laughs> You'll learn to care less. <laughs> yeah. Because um, WWE does. Hi-oh! Hi-oh! Um, okay, what entrance theme should we go out on this week? Hold on. I'll spin the invisible roulette wheel of of old songs and the music's and st- already fading up in the background because i'm that good and we'll go with the godwins <laughs> am i gonna be able to find that one on youtube <laughs> probably not um if not the godwins then oh god i'm 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 always trying to find something that, that i haven't heard in like a decade but I might start running out of those. Give me Yokozuna. Nice call. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, goodbye. Farewell. Au revoir. Thanks for listening. And um, Sam, make me that title belt, please, bitch. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to, to convince him. Please, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. The, nas- the, 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 the hashtag, the Eddie Phoenix taking on the natural heel, Matt Lees. Anytime you want it, Sam, bring it. With, spe- with special guest referee, the Fitzosaurus. No, because you're in a tag team and you guys are going to screw job me. Exactly. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> all right. Good night, folks. We'll see you all next week and uh, later, Marks. Edging in my space. Motherfucker!